I'm not somebody who gets into the kitchen and talking about batching five hours, all your meals for the week. And I enjoy cooking. So what I want is I just want to make it so when I go into the kitchen to make dinners or pack lunches or whatever, I don't want to spend an hour. I want to spend 30-ish minutes and I want to enjoy my time in there. I don't want to have to think about what's for dinner. I want it to be all thought out and done for me. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Plant-Based DFW. Today I have the lovely Stephanie Dreyer, and uh, she's a plant-based lifestyle expert. She's also a free uh, freelance writer and a former marketing executive. She's the author of two children's books, Not a Nugget, and then also Not a Purse, which I thought were just amazing titles. And she's really on a mission to get families to eat healthier. And uh, we're, we'll be talking about how the pandemic has maybe drawn more people to you, Stephanie. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. We were supposed to kind of have this conversation before the pandemic. And then it's so funny. I never contacted you back. I just kind of threw everything out. I was just like, okay, I'm in this moment right now. I'm going through the pandemic. So um, I'm hoping that we can talk a little bit about that. But first, let's get to know you. Um, How did you become vegan? My decision to go vegan was overnight. Um, I was nursing my third child at the time who had just um, turned one and he was just starting um, to wean. And I was reading The Kind Diet by Alicia Silverstone. Do you know that book? Yes. And quick side note, I was vegetarian for five years um, all through my first and almost my full second pregnancy my sec- with my second daughter. And then at about eight months, I started craving meat. And I went vegan for the animals. That was my all the, the ethics of that. And um, was strongly connected to the animals. For some reason, I don't know why, I had this craving for meat my eighth month of pre- my second pregnancy. And I gave into it. And I continued to eat meat for about three years until this I was telling I was nursing my, my son. And as I was reading The Kind Diet, if anybody has read that, you'll know all the compelling information that is in there about all the factory farming, especially with, um, with relations to um, milk production. And I, I had become so disconnected to all that information. For some reason, I, I just needed a reminder. I needed Alicia to spell it out for me. And as I was nursing my son, uh, it became so clear that I was like mama cow and how could I how how could I even think of drinking milk and so it was that instantaneous overnight I went vegan my kids and my husband were like we're on vacation I remember we're like what mom doesn't want you know pizza tonight like what's going on so that's kind of I never looked back everyone thought it was going to be a phase and here I am 10 plus years later and it's the best decision I made ever. God, 10 years. You know, at first, um, I was initially interested because of your batch cooking. Um, I It's almost like a support group. And then when I saw your books, I said, she has got to be vegan because it's, you know, one thing is just eating healthier for your for yourself and helping others to transition. But the fact that, you know, you first started off recognizing that how you were feeding your young is very similar to how a mother cow would only she's neglected that opportunity and we take her milk instead. At what point did you decide to then eat healthier? And how was it received by your children and your husband? Like, did they also come on board right away? So that was a journey. Um, Of course, immediately, I was just like, everybody's going to hear this information and be so compelled and just, of course, agree with me. Mm -hmm. And my husband, although he completely respected and admired the the choice, and um, 
still to this day says he thinks it's the best way that everyone should eat. He just didn't have, he wasn't ready to take the journey. He didn't have the, he thinks it's willpower. I don't know. I don't think it's willpower to give up the food. So what happened was there was a little bit of a battle at the beginning. And of course, me trying to figure it out. Remember, this is 10 plus years ago. So I was the only one in my family, the only one in my social circle. There was not, it was not as big of a thing as it is now where it's, you know, widely known. You can go to restaurants, there's vegan menus, you know, back then it was, people thought you were a little odd and, you know, I was the butt of all the jokes and it, you know, it was kind of a a lonely time and we, we had to find our footing at first. I, you know, I threw out everything that was animal based in my fridge, my pantry, I just threw it out and I was like forcing them to go vegan with me. And that definitely was not the way I say if my kids were not born before I went vegan, I would have insisted that we raise them vegan. But because I had a six year old, a three year old, and then I had this one year old, mm-hmm. one year old was easy because he wasn't eating, you know, he wasn't eating yet. Um, but the six and the three year old, you know, and I, they were, you know, eating already these foods. And then my husband was eating these foods. So it was, we had to navigate, you know, how do we say mom's right or dad's right or, we, you know, we had to be modeling compromise and some ground rules about how we respect each other's choices. And so what I learned through a lot of trial and tribulation was to have compassion for my family and myself. And we kind of navigated our way through that. Mm-hmm. One thing we agreed on right away was no cow's milk. So my son never, when he weaned, he never had cow's milk. And my kids stopped drinking cow's milk. And so then as I transitioned and I became, I was already a really um, avid and enthusiastic home cook and loved to cook meals. And so it was kind of an adventure for me to learn how to veganize some of our favorites and how to cook vegan, really. And that was, as that kind of flow became more, um, you know, I'd say it took me about six months to a year to kind of really get into a new routine. Um then our family, we, it became vegan at home. So basically where I do all the cooking and shopping. So it's kind of easy where I am the, I'm the cook, but, um, if they want meat, they have to cook it or prepare it, which honestly doesn't happen that often. And my daughter, my oldest daughter, who's now 16, she went vegetarian on her own about three and a half years ago. So, you know, it might actually be coming on four years in November. Wow. And I think that that was because of my example of not forcing. She came to that, um, you know, decision on her own and she still has a hard sh- time giving up cheese. That's the only reason she's not um, vegan. Yes. And then my son, who, you know, is 11 since the time he was like, three, four, five, he was asking the questions and being conscious of like, so where does this uh, bacon come from? Where does, you know, and so what I've kind of taught them is to be compassionate about where they're getting their food and making conscious choice. Like if they're going to eat that, understand where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. And then, and to my husband's credit, he primarily eats vegan. He chooses a vegan hamburger when we go out. So he's really changed his diet too. So right. um, I just, with, you know, everyone, everyone's family's different, but mm-hmm. when my family, I, I learned very quickly forcing them to come along with me on the journey was not going to be successful. And it has become a very, um, we have a very loving, healthy relationship around food now, which is nice to see and supportive of each other's decisions. <laughs> yes, yes. And by the way, congratulations on 10 years. That, oh, thank you. Yes. yes. It's I mean, it's just, you're an example. And I can identify, I stopped eating red meat and pork in college. 
And I've been away from my family, my immediate family for many years, but they never noticed that when I would come around, I wouldn't touch the meat or the pork. And, you know, it was only until I became like completely vegan that they're like, what? (laughs) You've been eating this way for quite a while. It's, I guess when you identify as something, sometimes I can push people away. But, um, uh, and I too, you know, have been in my surroundings now kind of started off as being the first person. I didn't learn from anybody else. No one came to me and told me. And so, um, and I too have kind of taken the approach that I'll just be an example and maybe focus more on healthier foods, which people would anyway, without labeling, mm-hmm. just, you know, mm-hmm. these yeah. are healthier options. But um, so do your children, when you wrote your book, and we, we can talk in more depth in oh, a little yeah. bit about your books, but um, were they involved and how did they receive the books that you wrote? Did they, because identifying that a leather purse can be related to an animal, especially when you're young, is kind of like, it's not real for the children. I, how do you address that with your own children? So um, I was very inspired to write these books because of my kids. I um, observed their relationship with animals and the strong connection that they had with animals. And I thought, you know, if we could maintain this connection and this association of animals, they wouldn't want to eat their friends. They would see <laughs> That it's like eating their dog or, you know what I mean? Like we see those memes about the, what's the difference between a dog and a pig. Um, And so it's very inspired by them. And um, I wrote the first book in 2015. So Gabby, my oldest at that time was 11. So I had an 11, eight and five-year-old. So of course my five-year-old, these are picture books. My five-year-old was the most excited about the book because these are the types of books we were reading at home. But I was also very, um, aware that I didn't want to make the books too, I wanted to make them relatable, not scary. You know, there's a lot of scary information about what happens mm-hmm. to the pig to become the bacon. So I, I wanted to keep it very relatable, which is why the books associate a fact that each spread shows an animal in each of the books. The first one, not a nugget, is about all the animals we eat. As you mentioned, the second one, not a, not a purse, is about all the animals we wear or use in our house. And So I was very um, thoughtful about picking a fact about each animal for each spread that a child could relate to. So like, for example, the pig, um, the fact about the pig is about how they can um, play video games with a joystick, which every kid can relate to playing video games. So (laughs) trying to connect them with their animal friends and to see them for, you know, for this relationship that hopefully they, they will, it would strengthen that. So the kids, again, were a big inspiration. They were very supportive. And still, my son loves to read. Like whenever I do, I get asked to do read alouds or things, he'll participate with me. He's 11 now. Um, but yeah, very, very much. Um, and I actually think Gabby, my oldest, who went vegetarian, it was those types of conversations and those types of just, you know, sharing information here and there, not like beating them over the head with it, but just kind of you know, in conversation, how these things would come up, it sticks with them. You know, the kids are so thoughtful and um, in general, children are so thoughtful and open, right? Mm-hmm. to new things. So I thought a picture book was, was a great way to extend that message. And I was, I should say I was a writer already, um, but I was inspired to write these because of kind of the whole change I was going through and my kids and all of that. Yeah. You also do book readings with these children's books. Um, how has that changed since the pandemic? And what are you, yeah. how are you now, um, relating that message about the, the books? 
So I've done some virtual stuff, but yes, all the events and festivals and things, obviously, I love doing the vegan festivals. Um, that's obviously not happening, but I have done some virtual things mm-hmm. and that's been fun and it's a great way to share. And we are so lucky on social media with Facebook lives and Instagram lives and all of this good stuff. So that I try to share about the book that way. Um, it was National Nonprofit Day. I think it was on Monday. I can't even remember what day it was. And so I shared um, my favorite nonprofit is the Farm Sanctuary and was sharing kind of the, the story behind the foreword in Not a Nugget by Jean Bauer, who founded uh, Farm Sanctuary. So trying to spread information that way to just get a little bit more awareness so hopefully maybe they'll check out Farm Sanctuary then they might you know visit one one day when all this is over um so I try to do little things that way to again just sprinkle seeds of information (laughs) yeah it's it's a form of activism in many ways and you did say that you were already writing. So you were a contributor for Veg News and World of Vegans. And you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I've been very fortunate um, and so grateful to the folks at World of Vegan. I love I love their such a great website for people who are transitioning or, you know, who just need healthy and, and recipes and just mm-hmm. such a great vegan resource. So Ever ever since I started my online community, which I started, by the way, I started my Vig Mama um, pers- personality and um, website and social media and all that because I was looking for community because, like I said, I didn't know anybody. And I just wanted to, like, share all this great stuff that I was feeling and eating and learning about and, you know, my family and friends were, like, kind of over it, you know, they're like, I don't want to hear about this anymore. So um, that was my outlet. And so as I started doing that, I connected with some people and World of Vegan was one of them. And they have been great. And I, they, she's actually, Michelle over there has really encouraged me to share my story of being a vegan in an omni family, I call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been able to share a lot about that, which I was very scared to do at the beginning mm-hmm. because um, as wonderful and compassionate as many vegans are, there are a side of vegans there are I'd say a segment that are can be a little harsh and judgmental about I can't believe you didn't you're not raising your kids you know um, vegan and all this they are not really hearing the whole story of my family and so I was nervous of how that would come across but I was so um, surprised and overjoyed to find out that there's a lot of people in my situation and they don't know what to do and so Mm -hmm. it's been so gratifying to be a resource to a lot of those people to say, yeah, I'm doing it, and it's going to be okay, and yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's all right. I think that is so important to emphasize is that there are, like you said, a lot of people in your situation, and I have found it kind of to be amazing that that is the, the case, I especially people in positions of leadership, people that are very involved in the movement who have, you know, are working with others to teach them the information about not only cruelty, but just Um, using plant-based foods for health and then their own family members haven't bought into the message Um, and you know I'm like I said I'm in the same boat I have a lot of family members who are sick Um, my mother doesn't live with me Uh, she lives in Arizona and I'm in Dallas in Texas and um, she you know has suffered now two strokes and the sister Mm -hmm. that my sister that she lives with is keto and I don't like publicly talking about it or shaming them because that's mm-hmm. not a good thing either. Um, yeah. It's just, it's what it is, you know? 
And yeah. my sister the other day, she was doing research. She said, can you send me recipes? I don't know what mom's supposed to eat. And then she replied, she, uh. she sends me another message. And she said, I was Googling and I found this book, How Not to Die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Have you not been listening to anything that I've been saying? But you come, I guess when you're ready, you know, the information will just make itself available. And you have to be open. Um, so anyway, you were talking about being in that position. It's so nice to hear that you're comfortable talking about being in an Omni family and still being able to create a support group. So it's now I'm stephaniedreyer.com instead of vegmama.com. But it's the, the brand on social media, I'm vegmama still. And yes. Because I, I really identify strongly you know, we, I think as mothers too, our identity, uh, maybe I shouldn't speak for all mothers, but for me, when people ask me, how do I identify vegan is like number one, right? I'm mm -hmm. vegan and I'm a mother. And so for me, Veg Mama really personifies who I am. That's what I stand for, you yes. know? You know, women play such a big role in the family and whether we can help transition right away or plant seeds, we still, as you know, are one of the larger consumers in the household, we make decisions uh, in terms of how we decorate the house, what comes into the home, what foods do we buy, how we raise the children. So in, in many ways, we still play such a significant role that bringing in healthy food, at least you're still planting the seed. Exactly. So <laughs> I, I, well, in the past 10 years, when there wasn't as much support or resources, you have seen probably what in the last four or five years, just like an explosion, oh, <laughs> an explosion. And then my most favorite category is vegan cheese. I feel like <laughs> there was nothing. There was like one company and now there's like so many and, and artisan cheeses like, oh, I'm, it's so it's so tasty to be a vegan right, right. now. Yeah. I love that you're now providing resources and tools for people. And, and like you say, your main audience are moms, but also dads. And really just your goal is to get families to cook more healthy foods in their kitchen. Um, and yes. how do you do that? What's the first step? Yeah, so my whole mission message is to get families to meal plan. Um, because I feel like if you don't plan for it, like anything, it doesn't happen, right? If you don't plan for it, it doesn't happen. Your exercise, your appointments, your work, whatever, your any goal you have. So really, I, I try on my personal platform is to help families um, meal plan and break it down so it's easy. And then I launched Batch Cooking Club, my weekly meal prep membership in January, just very recently, to make it even easier by helping organize meal prep for everyone. So basically what happened is I noticed I as I was, you know, transitioning to vegan and cooking, you know, at first cooking two different meals and sometimes three with picky tallers and was like, this is not the way to do it. Um, I came upon this whole process that I call batch cooking, which isn't um, unique in that lots of people batch cook, but I think my approach to it is unique in that I'm not somebody who gets into the kitchen and talking about batching five hours, all your meals for the week. And I enjoy cooking. So what I want is I just want to make it so when I go into the kitchen to make dinners or pack lunches or whatever, remember when we packed lunches when the kids, <laughs> hopefully that happens again soon. Um, I, that I want to, when I'm in the kitchen, I don't want to spend an hour. I want to spend 30-ish minutes and I want to enjoy my time in there. I don't want to have to think about what's for dinner. I want it to be all thought out and done for me. So the way I approach meal prep and batch cooking is that I do my meal plan and then I look at the meal plan and identify 
re recipes or components of the recipes that can be prepped in advance. So if, for example, I'm doing um, a stir fry, can I batch that rice in advance? If I'm doing tacos and I have a meeting that night and it's I have 10 minutes to get dinner on the table, do I batch cook the filling ahead of time? So all I have to do is heat that up in the tortillas or whatever. So I, I look at all of that and try to be very methodical about what and and very um specific about what i am going to meal prep so then when i get in the kitchen on sunday for my batch cook sunday i would batch about five maybe seven things at the most because i'm a meal plan warrior but i always try to recommend no more <laughs> than five things and usually it's a salad dressing a filling maybe some grains some roasted vegetables a sauce maybe for pasta a couple things they're going to simplify my dinners, and also make lunches really quick to get on the table. So after doing this for years, I learned that I was like kind of a unicorn in my social circle. I'm surrounded by all these working moms, and they're all like, how do you get dinner on the table every night? And I was kind of like, well, I just do this. Don't you meal plan? And they were like, what? And they were going to the store like every day. I mean, the inefficiency as a working parent, I was like, how do you do this? And like how and, and they were hating dinner, by the way, they were like, oh, I have to figure out what to make for dinner. And here I was like, I love making dinner. It's so fun. It's so joyful. And my reason for enjoying dinner is like, as, especially as my kids have gotten older, that's the one time of day we have together, together to connect. And, you know, breakfast, everybody's hurried and lunch, you know, we're all at work or school. And so for me, dinner is the most important meal of the day for my family to connect. And so I was like thinking, you know, I don't want people to be, you know, I didn't, I was feeling when I was struggling that tension and I was like, I don't want that. And then hearing my friends, I was like, oh, wow, this is a thing. So I started doing batch cooking classes in my house small groups of women and then dads too, by the way. And then they started bringing their kids where we would, I had a plan and they, everyone left. I had all the recipes and everyone, they brought their containers. They, everyone kind of paired up and made five different recipes, but they left with a sauce, a dressing, a, maybe a casserole sometimes, whatever it might be, but like a few different things to make meals during the week to kind of bring ease to mealtime. So I was like, wow, this, it was so rewarding and gratifying to see the positive change. And people were asking, I could only do it really once a month because of my work schedule. And I was like, as they're asking me, can you do this every week? I was like, no, I can't do this every week. Like, how am I going to do this every week for you guys? So that is how Batch Cooking Club was inspired. I thought, how can I scale this and make it accessible for everyone? So what I do at Batch Cooking Club, like I said, I just launched in January, is I give you a plan four recipes for the week because I believe that you don't want to cook like I always plan a night for leftovers and a night for um, eating out so I don't cook you know I try to make it manageable for a busy working person and also you know you might want to add in your own recipes and some people want to make more and have leftovers you know however they want to do it so I give you four recipes a plan that has four recipes and you can fill in your, your meal plan with the rest and then what you do is you also get your grocery list for those recipes, but you also get a plan that breaks down the batch cooking for that weekend. So it literally gives you the five, five batch cooking recipes to 
create those other meals later in the week so that one, you don't have to think about what's for dinner. And two, when you get into the kitchen during the weekday to make dinner, it's not going to take you very long, 30 minutes max. And it's going to be something that's delicious, something that's family friendly. These are um, meals that are great. Like, you know, we were talking about maybe we just have to tell people it's healthier food to introduce them. Mm-hmm. If you're not plant based, this is a great way because there's only four meals that you can work in these meals to your regular meal plan that might have other proteins in it. And it's also great for Omni families because uh, obviously I, I was inspired by that because they're meals that are obviously I'm ex- uh, you know an expert in that area meals that I know that my kids who are maybe also like other types of protein will enjoy. You don't have to be vegan to love these meals. So that's the, that's kind of the the fruition of how it all started and. Um, it's kind of, you know, we're still baby where he just launched in January and then COVID hit. So we're still kind of fighting our footing and getting our momentum, but I'm, we, I love our members. They are committed to eating healthier. They need their people who need help, you know, just getting dinner on the table. I love the concept and especially how you explained what your approach is to batch cooking. So usually you do think of, you know, taking that Sunday afternoon to cook. And typically it's like the one meal. I've seen people cook uh, whatever, maybe lasagna, whatever, and then portion it out for the week um, or freeze the meals. So you're prepping ingredients ahead of time is that what you're saying and then preparing those for the so that when you're ready to cook that day you come home you it takes you only 30 minutes to prepare the meal exactly exactly and for an example this week's plan has um tropical tempeh kebabs with a hawaiian israeli couscous salad because i'm thinking of wanting to be in hawaii right now (laughs) and then oh and our plan always uses a double batch of something so one of the recipes in this week's plan is a pineapple glaze. So we use it once in these tempeh kebabs and also a little bit is in the dressing for that salad I just oh, mentioned. I love that. And then we also use it in Hawaiian jackfruit stuffed sweet potatoes. So that's another recipe, but you just make a big batch of that glaze and you use it two different, or in this case, three different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so also in this week, you would make the tropical tempeh. You would make the tempeh and marinate that as part of your batch. So when you come to make your kebabs on the weekend, all you have to do is thread your kebabs and grill them, right? The tempeh is already marinated. Your, your glaze is ready to throw in your salad, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of a thinking. That's yeah. an example of, of what it looks like. Yeah. You know, I think the fast food lifestyle that, um, you know, we've been living for the tw- past 20 or 30 years or however, has got us into this mentality that, Every single day we have to try a new dish. And um, and I've been watching a lot of people that I, are going online and they are cooking, you know, one dish, one day they cook this and one day they cook that. And I, I love to watch all of that because I enjoy learning. I enjoy cooking. Um, I enjoy seeing, you know, the diversity of how people implement like um, and, and change up recipes. And at the same time, when my sister was asking me for recipes, I said, well, that was the big mistake that I made initially was that I piled up a bunch of recipes and then I couldn't move on that. And, um, and now I feel a lot more comfortable with prepping and mm-hmm. having my staples at home so that yeah. when I am cook, uh, teaching someone like my husband's daughter, who she's not vegan, but she's been working out with us every day and eating our food and she loves it. So I bought her a little uh, instant pot, a mini one. 
And I said, okay, we're going to cook every day. So we'll work out and we'll cook. And I, I hadn't really noticed it, but I told her, oh, I have, I have everything to make Thai. I have everything to make this dish because um, I keep staples, as most of yes. us do that are, are prepper, you know, in terms of planning for food. So I have my grains and my legumes and mm -hmm. everything ready to go. I have my spices. So there are certain things that we need to keep in the pantry. And you, you talk about that as well. Yeah, I have a stock your pantry list um, that you can get at batchcookingclub.com backslash pantry. And yes. it has everything that I recommend keeping stocked in your fridge, your freezer and your pantry. So that easy meal prep is always available to you. Yeah. So I agree with you that that's key is having a well stocked pantry that ensures recipe success, right? Meal plan success. And actually what you mentioned about um, the uh, people trying so many different new recipes every week and getting overwhelmed is something that I couldn't agree more with. Like I, I try, I always recommend to, you know, have your tried and trues and rotate in no more than one or two new recipes a week. And I, I like to cook, but I use that for like Friday nights or Sunday nights when I'm, you know, kind of in a, slower leisurely way and not have to rush anywhere that's where when I work those new recipes in. right and and you leave room for leftovers which I'm a big believer yes. that we just do not need to waste food and um and then be a little bit more creative with the leftovers that you have so it, it sounds like an awesome plan that you have going on and um so I'm interested in knowing I know that you say you just launched in January and then the pandemic hit and yet there are plenty of people who could really use um, being part of your group. Um, how are you marketing your Batch Cooking Club? Well, you can find us at BatchCookingClub.com. I do weekly live cooking classes over on Batch Cooking Club on Facebook. It's Batch Cooking Club uh, on Facebook. And I do, I profile one of the recipes in the um, plan for the week and give plant-based tips and just tips in general for feeding your family while I'm, while I'm cooking something up. Um, and then we're on social media at Batch Cooking Club on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. And so I promote it there. And then also on Veg Mama, we, I, I talk and do a lot of things over there as well to share the recipes. We, we post recipes over on our blog mm -hmm. weekly at batchcookingclub.com. Yeah. We also have a great opportunity for people to try us free for a week. You can actually try a plan See, we're, check out the recipes, um, and you can do that at batchcookingclub.com backslash free. And that way, um, all of our memberships, though, by the way, you can cancel at any time. We have monthly and um, annual memberships, and the monthly membership is just $10 a, a month. Mm -hmm. So for $10 a month, you get four of those um, meal plans I just told you about, four shopping lists, four batch plans, access to. We have a private Facebook group um, for the members that's kind of like for support and encouragement. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's, it, I feel like it's affordable. I know it's affordable at $10 a month um, for people who really just don't know what to do. They don't know where to start. They, I hear all the time, I, I could be vegan if you cooked for me. And I'm like, well, I can't do that. But I can plan it all out for you. And all you have to do is go to the store and shove it. Um, <laughs> So that's as close as I can come to delivering, to I, delivering I how I eat. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what are some of the other struggles that you see people um, go through or that they t tell you that they're battling with? So I think the biggest thing is people tell me they don't have time. And I, again, I just go back to them. I said, well, 
you got to schedule it. You know, do you make time? What do you, what's the most important? Do you make time to pick your kids up from school? Do you make time to, um, you know, work out? What are the things that are important to you? And so the first, that's one of the things that I tell people is every week, schedule a time in your calendar to meal plan, to make a meal plan, schedule another time to go to the grocery store and schedule one more time to do your meal preps. If that's an hour and a half, wherever you can fit it in. For me, I try to keep it to the same every week because right now my schedule isn't changing too much. But you know, you can also do it if it changes every week. That's okay. Just take it week by week and schedule it in. But the point is to schedule it. So that's the biggest challenge I would say is the time. Um, I also hear from people is they just don't know how to organize themselves. And so, you know, and I mentioned in this this planning process, batch cooking process that I have, mm-hmm. I do have a method to my madness, too. I make sure the reason I'm able to get in and out of the kitchen an hour and a half, sometimes even less, um, is because I'm very efficient and I'm always active. So while something's roasting, I'm stirring something on the stovetop. <laughs> while something's simmering on the stovetop, I'm blending something on the counter. So that's the way our batch cooking plans are set up. And so you're, and it's thought out for you. So you don't have to do the thinking. So we also have a planner though, if you, you know, want to try it on your own. And then it includes kind of walks you through how to do this yourself, how to put a meal plan together. And so you can check that out at um, batchcookingclub.com backslash planner. And that's free as well. So we try to give a lot of resources. I hear challenges and it makes me think okay what can I create to help somebody with this right that's been really helpful for people you rarely hear of the person that actually helps you in the process of being organized and implementing these things and I think like I said I think you're very much you're very needed and you're in the right place right now and um, you know with the pandemic what the feedback that we get is I, I love when I get messages like since I have not been eating now, I'm cooking more, my blood pressure has gone down, I've lost weight. You hear all these wonderful stories, and you just want to like root for them and say, yes, keep yeah. going. And you want to deliver that message to everyone and say, you can do this. In many ways, the pandemic has forced us to be more productive at home. So we're working mm-hmm. at home, we're exercising at home, and we're cooking here. And we're cooking as a family, which is awesome. Like, I really yes. love that part because that's something that um, it kind of nurtures me as well. It nurtures my soul. And so, um, and I love that you have a support group along with your batch cooking um, program so that you can help people. So I'm hoping that um, some of our listeners will take in consideration and sign up for your program. And I want to make sure I don't forget anything. Is there anything else that you would like to share with us? Um, I guess I'll just remind you of how to find me and Batch Cooking Club. Batch Cooking Club is over at BatchCookingClub.com. And we're on Facebook and Instagram at Batch Cooking Club. And um, again, you can try us for free at batchcookingclub.com slash free. And then if you want to connect with me personally, I invite you to do that over on Facebook and um, Instagram at Veegmama, V-E-E-G-M-A-M-A. And I would love to um, connect with you there. That's where I do talk more about meal planning and share about my books and things like that. And um, yeah, I think yeah. that that's, that covers it. And, and you have some videos also on your website. Oh, yes. Yeah. So um, I, do, I post the cooking videos um, that I do. And also, I, I didn't mention this, but on um, Instagram, every Thursday, I go live talking about some kind of meal prep or planning tip. And so those are all on Instagram. And on my website, I have the cooking videos. 
So um, yeah, lots of videos. I know everyone likes video these days. <laughs> this is what we need. Um, you know, my husband too is being becoming more active in these virtual or online summits because we all want to make sure that we can help people stay healthy right now during the pandemic. So, um, yeah. yeah, so we'll talk more about that, but okay, uh, that this is great. been awesome. And, uh, I'm looking forward to, I think I'm going to sign up for your batch cooking class too. Well, <laughs> Stephanie, this is wonderful. Congratulations on your 10 years of being vegan on your you. batch cooking club and what you're doing, especially now to offer support. And, um, I look forward to learning and following you a lot more. So, well, thank you so <laughs> much, Stephanie, for your time you're and for welcome. everything that you're doing. Thank you again for having me. It was truly my pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to the Plant-Based DFW podcast show. If you like our content, please like, share, and leave a review. Our goal is to provide quality episodes to help support the community.